Welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today we are talking about second and third episodes of Star Trek Picard. The end of the first episode, it was trying to discover why Beverly Crusher had sent out the SOS. It's like, John Luke, you're the only person I can trust. Picard and Riker trying to hijack the Titan mm-hmm. to go find Beverly Crusher in like this remote part of space that is outside the Federation. In the second episode, they get Beverly, and then what happens is that you find out that technically Robot Picard <laughs> has a son. Yeah, I mean, Third episode, you learn well, I mean, it's technically the second episode because Riker's just straight up like, hey, look, you don't see the resemblance, you don't see this, you don't see that. Robot Picard is like, <laughs> not much really happens in that second episode. Besides the fact that Worf shows up and tries to help Rafi do whatever stupid mission that she's on. It turns out that mission is a little bit more important and also aligns with the whole thing with Beverly Crusher. Keith, how did you feel about the third episode of Star Trek Picard? Back to the first episode. Like Michelle Hurd's character, Rafi. She is annoying. She's been in the business for a long time don't understand she didn't have a whole lot of range or whatever i don't know what the material she's not getting but either way stop it she's like, angry oh. and gruff all the time and it's just at a certain point it's just very tiring to have that character just like so angsty well the my biggest problem is i picked up on it her character has multiple arcs going on here it's a drug addict we're gonna table drug addiction we're gonna come back to that okay the second part is that she is a single mother divorced from her husband and her kid is living with her husband, and she's got some issues with that. She shows her addictions. She's got multiple addictions. Yeah. And her desire to do her job, which kind of... Yeah, she's dedicated you know, to Starfleet, but it, 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 which basically in Picard season addiction. one, she was kicked out of Starfleet. So mm-hmm. She was kicked out of Starfleet for that shit. So season two, she goes back into Starfleet. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'll circle back to that. Her next thing is that her relationship with Seven of Nine is is on the fritz. And now she has this mission that is taking her to the darkest places in and outside of the Federation that is basically hitting everything. So not only is this mission she's working on tied to Seven of Nine's mission at some point, her addiction issues are exasperated because she's on a mission that forces her to go undercover yeah. and drug bins, get information on this uh, portal tech that got stolen. I'm going to say something, but I see where you're going. And, and it kind of aligns and, and, with something something I need to say about this story overall, but go ahead. The only person who can help her get information on this whole thing, and this is from episode two, is her ex-husband, who further hits the additional storyline of you're a terrible mother and I'm going to give you a choice. Choose the mission or choose your child and your family. And she goes and to start course, crying and then... Yeah. She, of course, chooses the mission. Now, here's my problem. In their desire, and I'm going to call them the woke of this, mm-hmm. in their desire to create and foster the strong character being just as good as the square jawed, blue-eyed, blonde-haired white guy who's permeated action movies for the last hundred years. Decided to take these people and make them body every shitty trait. Yeah. 
that any one of these dudes would be like. Any dude who went through the same issues that she's going through would be a hot fucking mess. Like, it don't even make sense. Sitting there listening to this stuff, and literally, it all got labeled. Worf laid it all out, all the shit problems she has, in one episode and one sentence. And you're like, dude, this shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Let me circle back to the addiction thing. In my fucking Star Trek that I remember, addictions like that don't fucking happen. Well, it was that one episode of next generation and i want to say there was also an episode of voyager but there was also that one episode of next generation where it was those two planets one planet had the it was, i think it was season one it was like mm-hmm. tasha yara gave wesley like the drugs are bad drugs are terrible you shouldn't do drugs <laughs> type of talk the logical star trek that we've known from the storylines from superior storytellers have talked about if you eliminate all withdrawal symptoms and you eliminate the chemical dependency, that's what these addictions are. They are chemical dependence. Why heroin fucking sucks because opiates, they fuck up your brain chemistry and it becomes a chemical dependency. Human body is a chemical machine. It's depending on a foreign substance in order to function correctly. Once you eliminate that, why the fuck is she squirting that shit in her fucking eyeball? Then becomes a matter of it is a emotional issue crutch. She requires drugs to get her through her emotional issues that are happening, and she's got a lot of them. Why the fuck would Starfleet bring her back on? Why the fuck would Worf work with someone that fucking volatile and lame? The first episode, she completely dropped the fucking ball. Institute got swallowed up in some portal explosion and shit. Mm-hmm. Have a relationship with her family and with the father of her child again. He basically says, yo, you keep doing this mission, it's going to fuck you over. Her response is, I've got to do the mission because I'm the only one who can. That's not how the fuck Star Trek works. Don't fucking understand it. Like, I literally don't give a shit. She's just going to mulishly and bullheadedly charge down the one path. I know every action she's going to do because it's every action that's done for every shitty, ridiculous 80s action star has ever done. But they're going to try and table it in some other form or fashion. Like, her only saving grace was when Worf popped up for the last, like, 30 seconds of her inadequacies and, and, you know, how she's got to center herself and get better. I'm like, this is the classic trick I want. She is dragging this shit down. That's my take on her. If you, you got you Yeah, I wasn't very fond of that second episode. Made me really not want to watch the third episode because I dislike certain things just being done. And it also happens in this third episode, but certain things being done just because because yes. the story calls for drama or mm-hmm. some type of overcoming something overcoming a challenge we just have to write it in doesn't matter why it needs to be done we just do it they think that it's intelligent and smart and they're doing something witty about it but that's second episode i did not like that the same thing kind of with the picard and riker dynamic in this third episode Pissed me off. Let's go to the third episode. So, the third episode, there are a lot of betrayals of character arcs Uh from Next Generation. And it's only being done because the story needs something to happen. So, you got Beverly Crusher. One, obviously, she had a son. Her and Picard banged at some point. He got sent away on a mission. She didn't want to tell him because you're always always in Uh the middle of universe ending something a single mother that raised her son her son didn't know his father and was important for her son 
to have a father figure. When her second son now has a father figure, she doesn't want to have... first son, you mean Wesley Crusher. Wesley. When her second son, Jack Crusher, should have a father. He does have a father. I didn't want to tell you just because. Because the story needs something to happen. Guess what? The story happened. Let me tell you something real quick. Better thing to have been done, explained everything. All she had to have said was, I had another son named Wesley. He's gone now. He got into your world, and he's gone now. I don't want to have to my other son. No, no, no. It, she could have blamed him for Wesley, like disappearing, even though Wesley went off to Wesley um, went away on his. Uh, like, yes. Wesley saved the indigenous, he, he went, he, the, in, the indigenous people of Earth. Yes. From the fact that Picard's family at some point caused like Drill's Hills or something like that's what happened. So Wesley and his uh, the traveler. I think so. Yeah, but he became a traveler. Wesley's but a but traveler Wesley now. and the traveler, forget all this. Time and space doesn't mean anything. These people's problems are these people's problems. Let's just go. And he went on his journey. And then they brought him back last season, which kind of pissed me off again. Again, the betrayal of a person talking about Beverly Crusher. Again, it was important for her to be a mother. It was important for her son, Wesley. To have a father figure mm-hmm. who was a, basically eventually to be Picard. I mean, Picard, first season was like, hey, I hate you. Get off the bridge. And then it's like, hey, look, well, let me show you how to do X. Let me impart my wisdom onto you and help you grow into be a man. It was really fostered in Next Generation. These Space Nine took that fatherhood to the next level. Mm-hmm. They try to set this up. I'm talking about Riker and Picard at this point. Hey, they're buddy, they're friends, and Riker had his issues with his family because they tried to bring it up in that first episode. But Riker lost his son. I mean, which the history of Star Trek, everybody has problems. Like, right. Picard, he and his father weren't great. Riker and his father weren't great. Tasha Yar never really knew her parents, and she, like, left home. Well, Tasha Yar had a whole series of other problems. Like, her shit was fucked up. Yeah, she avoided the rape gangs and everything else. Worf, on me Worf lost years his, later. I mean, Worf lost his parents. Uh, Deanna yeah. lost her father. Her father. Her I mean, Beverly Crusher dead. lost her husband. And she was raised by a grandmother, so, like, whatever happened with her parents. Data didn't know his father until, like, one episode. And a couple of dream sequences. So Jordy might have been the only person that had a decent relationship with his parents. I mean, his mother went missing. His father was still in Starf. The history of Star Trek, at least Next Generation, involves being something horribly wrong with somebody's father. And we can get that out of the way. So again, Riker lost his son. And Riker eventually fixed his issues with his father. That was the second season of Next Generation. They try to set it up where Riker has some internal grief because the story needs to have something happen. So there is a level of disrespect that happened in that first season to Picard because, hey, you're old. You don't know what you're talking about. This is the new Starfleet. You're a fool. Shut up. Go in the corner. Ageism is a thing. We don't like you. You're boomer or whatever. And it happens again in this episode so unnecessarily, I was like, yo, I'm done. The fact that Picard was like, hey, we need to turn around and fight. We need to hit them hit on. And Riker was like to do the safe thing, which is guide the crew to safety, outman, outgun, 
Picard is like, we need to fight. We need to fight. Then, Which didn't make any sense. I don't understand what the fuck was. And, and again, there are betrayals of character arcs. Regardless of what would have happened in Next Generation, Picard's importance, and it happened in this, and he betrayed his, even his own ideal, it was always to the ship. It was never to the person. Even in this episode, Picard was like, hey, look, we need to protect the ship. We need to get out of here. Then, all of a sudden, we need to fight. Like, we need to destroy the ship, come back from behind and shoot them, flank them, do whatever. I'm trying to understand the strategy behind it. Riker's just like, hey, look, we need to protect the ship. So, I don't understand, for storyline reasons, even though, like, the way that it happened on screen could have still happened, why was it so important for it to be Picard to do that? Why? He kept saying, we have to turn around and we have to fight. I mean, also, granted, they have two opposing strategies. Problem is, is that Picard and Riker have worked so well together, the 20 years of their relationship, that at some point, they're going to be virtually thinking the same thing. Yes. Now, even if they weren't thinking the same thing, they decide to diverge from that, they're going to come back together and say, all right, well, what the fuck are you saying? What are you doing? What is your you, thinking you know, rationale? Riker then, never asked that. Right? Riker never says, why and, are we And doing then, not to cut you off, but anytime there was a disagreement, go to the ready room. Exactly. Hash yes. it out there. Go to the conference room. They kept showing the bridge crew looking back and forth like, this is bad. Like, yeah, no shit, this is bad. Harding and the shot. same thing was happening between Shaw and 709. Which so, I thought was necessary because it showed how Shaw was unprofessional and kind of a dick. But, but he was right. <laughs> he was absolutely right. I mean, here's the other thing about that. So it started out so well. And that's the thing I sent you. I told you. It's just spiraling. It, it started out so fucking well. This is that first episode, classic track was Next Generation. Second, Second episode, episode mm. up until a certain point, he had to be like, It was the Rafi okay. episode. It was a little bit of Picard and Riker. They got well, into it with the, then, I yeah. was fine. I, I, was, I was all right. I, I was like, All right, you know, I can forgive that shit. So I forgave it. That third episode, I was like, Okay. What the fuck are we doing here? All right, so baby Picard goes, runs off, and that motherfucker don't look like he's 20 years old, 35. Basically, but. he looked like Taron Edgerton. <laughs> he looks and, like And then, unnecessarily, he has an accent, and there's no reason for that, because Picard grew up in France. <sighs> Not London. Well, here's the other thing, is that his whole backstory doesn't make sense. They could have did all kinds of different shit. It could have been... Beverly Carter, I did something fucked up. Tried to find my son Wesley, and I've gone back in time and I alternate universe son. Like it, it could have been any fucking thing. I, it, and it, they had already kind of tried this. I guess it might have been season six. It was either season six or season seven because season seven, pretty much everybody on Next Generation had a brother, sister, somebody, family member they didn't know about. So it was the one with Jason Vigo, where he was trying to basically blackmail. Picard, yeah, the guy was his son, but it turned out he wasn't, and it was yeah. like kind of like, okay, well, I'm getting and, yeah, this. I'm not the son that you want, and they're doing the same thing here. Holy shit, he was like a criminal too, yeah. wasn't he? Yep. Oh my god! Yeah, that, so they're retreading, they're retreading stuff that has already been done. So Jack Crusher, thing that just pisses me off. The woke team, for whatever reason, decided that. Men in movies, these shows nowadays, can only be comedic relief or the classic bad boy example. 
This motherfucker is basically a con man slash fucking criminal raised by a single mother. Like, why the fuck would you perpetuate that fucked up, like, anchor? Like, basically, Beverly Crusher sitting there talking about how, oh, you know, I had to raise my son outside of this because you, you would have gotten him killed. And I kept thinking, like, you did a good job of that. Dude is a fucking menace. This little motherfucker is a goddamn menace. I mean, he's running around the fucking galaxy. I don't know where they got that fucking shit from. They're running around the goddamn galaxy doing whatever the fuck they want to do, going to different war missions zones. Missions What are they, like rogue trying, doctors? Yeah, they're trying yeah. to save people. They're doctors well, without borders. They're doctors yeah, without thing, sectors, basically. The whole <laughs> doctors taking Federation technology and using it to help people outside of the Federation and Starfleet, that actually sounds pretty fucking cool. Why are they going this route? Because, you know, we need to talk about the goddamn Prime Directive being a shit show that it is. Yeah. Um, at times, finally just saying, fuck it. I don't want anything to do with Starfleet. I'm going to get my own medical. That would have made more fucking sense. Yeah, there's a lot of character betrayals Yes. in this. And yes. like right now, the only people that are next generation based that seem to be in line with their characters are Riker and Worf. Everybody else is this all to nine. Like, seven, yeah, I, I, I was. I, I need to see where this is going so. with her. She's gotten a lot better since that first season. Yeah. Like when she was the, the freelance ranger, whatever the fuck they, they were doing to make it out to be. Ranger, like, what do they call the Ferrigdi Rangers or whatever? No, like I that? don't know. The Rusty Rangers, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, there are a number of little ideas that had they been handled by people with real storytelling talent, could have been different. The problem that we have so if they wanted to take and do something edgy with star trek you could have said this is the federation the federation is like this instead of poking holes at the federation and saying oh they're racist against some artificial pe- people who are borg that shit was unnecessary and they've uh, already overcome all that they already have overcome all that racism all that shit is done with it's done with the thing was they could have had it been that you had people who don't want to be in that fucking safe environment anymore. They want to do drugs. They want capitalism. They want straight up porn. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You could have had a whole group just dip out and break away from the Federation and say, we're done with that. And she could have been a part of that group, them doing that. And you could have had two competing ideologies, the same base, a natural schism, just like the U.S. and the U.K. had imperialism and democracy as the United States was a republic. You had the U.K. with monarchy. It was a natural schism. Doesn't mean we hate each other. It just means we got different ways of managing and doing things. Communism and capitalism, where they just broken away and formed their own thing. I mean, it's kind of like the Romulan Empire and the Federation. Exactly. I mean, that was that dynamic, that one once kind of like this secret society chaos mm-hmm. and another one wants the perfect utopia. And then the other side to that is that it, they don't have to be nestled in hostilities. It's just basically like, we're going to do our own thing. One side says, oh, Federation's got this new tech. We want a piece of that tech. Well, they're not sharing it with us. Well, let's go take it. They're not going to hold back from us. The Maquis is a good exactly. example. Exactly. That. That's where I was going with this. Like, basically the Maquis, Maquis got destroyed, but Something that happened in Deep Space Nine season five, I think, season five or six. Robert Eddington basically said the reason why Ben Sisko hated the Maquis so fucking much wasn't because they were doing something wrong. You hate it because we left fucking paradise. And how can anyone leave paradise? 
there must be something wrong with this. That right there was pretty much the future of fucking Star Trek right there. You've got Paradise, and then you've got people who don't fucking want it. You could have had a whole fucking thing dealing with that thing. You could have shows, movies dealing with that, just talking about that. And left the goddamn Star Trek alone, but the Federation as perfect society that we can one day achieve. Versus the people who saying, you know what, I don't want that. This is my idea of a perfect utopia. And they could have split just as easy like that. I mean, it, it boggles my fucking brain why they didn't take that. There's that a problem that. with the show. This particular season, the first few seasons, regardless of how you feel, weren't good. And then they pull in bits and pieces out of all this. So one thing that I'm still pissed off about is Robot Picard. Android Picard. That synthetic shit, it doesn't make any sense. And then you have this whole dynamic of his son and he's concerned about his son, but like, you're not even Picard at this point. You're not Picard. The memories and experience mm-hmm. of Picard, but you are not Picard. So like this whole thing is already invalidated because of what they had chosen to do the first season. Second season, he's having nightmares and Q's there, but Q is talking to robot Picard. Android Picard. Picard is gone. And he is not the soul of Picard. He is a person endowed with the memories and experience of Picard. Well, they did say it was his consciousness that uh, would go over. He is endowed with the experience of Picard and knowledge. He is not Picard. Picard's body died. Like, regardless of what you're doing in the 24th century, this ain't happening. Like, that's not going to fly. That explanation is BS. It will always be BS because these idiots took the dumbest way to try to get to that in the first season. It did not even need to happen. Data does not even need to be a part of what needed to happen that first season. Or at least Union uh, Soon Descendant didn't need to be a part of that. Did not need to be part of the second season because they wrote themselves again into another corner because whatever happened during the pandemic and it was easier to try to shoot in modern day rather than spend money on sets and have a whole bunch of people on the soundstage. This third season is an amalgamation of good ideas and a whole bunch of bad ones from the previous seasons. And those bad ideas are characters like Rafi, her backstory, Seven of Nine's backstory, because at the end of particularly Deep Space Nine and the end of Voyager, because the Voyager's arc was different, but particularly at the end of Deep Space Nine, which kind of goes into whatever this story's going to go into now, like you already have betrayed the sacrifice that Cisco had given the universe. Regardless of what you're trying to do this season, you're betrayed, and it is sad. Whatever they're doing with the changelings is BS. Um, no, nah, I can't. I understand I, the the great link. I well, we'll have to see more of that. We only got a glimpse of. We only saw two changelings pop up. About Cisco the sacrificed the Alpha Quadrant. The, he well, sacrificed the Alpha Quadrant. The Dominion War happened. The Cardassians rose up against the changelings in the Dominion with the help of the Federation. The Romulans, the Cardassians, the Klingons, the Andorians. I don't care. The whole quadrants were united in trying to bring them down. And it ended in a stalemate. And the stalemate was, was like, hey, look, in order for you to be cured of this disease, that's going to kill you. 
We just want peace. Here's the interesting thing. Here's the only problem with a rogue changeling faction going up against the Federation. The Federation proved to the Dominion that we'll fucking kill every last one of you. Basically, Section 31 was like, yo. Like, Section 31 literally genocided them. And it was only because Bashir picked it up. Bashir, (laughs) oh, no, you can't do that. Holy shit. It was only because of a handful of people within Starfleet said, and on top no, of that, and on top of that you have the inception rule where they had to go inside somebody's mind in order to get the secrets. Yes. In order to get that secret. Well, that, before inception ever happened, they were doing a D space nine. If you went up against somebody who literally genocided you, they were a hair's breadth from extinction. The most unique life form in a fucking universe. Capable of altering and transforming their bodies from a liquid state into any solid state they want. Basically. They were about to get extinct. No, no, they could also be missed. They, they could be everything. They, they could be anything that they wanted to be as long as they They about. were about to be extinct. Body falling apart. Because of a goddamn loophole within a Federation charter. That's how fucked up that part is. Is a loophole in the Federation charter that basically said... We will do whatever the fuck we want to do in order to preserve the Federation. Yeah. The end. Yes. It was a loophole. Yes. They almost got extinct from that. Like, and then they're going to pop up and be like, we're going to take them out. Like, nah, dude. No, 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 no. Don't work that way. Dude. Again, caution. if you're going to have this rogue sector of the chains lanes, where are the other chains lanes? To be like, yo, you need to come back to the Great Link. Plain and simple. Yes. They should have been working in concert. Been like, instead, he said Odo sends a message to Worf saying, hey, shit's about to go down. Like, bro, what the fuck kind of bullshit is that, man? You need to send some chances out here and get your boys. And, I mean, and, people, your and people have been kicked out of the Great Link mm-hmm. and forced to be solid. If you're going to get kicked out of the Great Link, try to disassociate yourself with the Great Link. You've been judged, chosen, kicked out, banished. You're only a bird for the rest of your life. <laughs> um. We'll find out what the fuck is going on. I'll reserve judgment for that, but the whole change thing, I was like, what? What the fuck's going on? But again, just to get back to what I'm saying about betrayal. Betrayal of character arts. Betrayal mm-hmm. of seasons. Core values of characters. Ideas of Star Trek. The ideas of Gene Roddenberry was that there just needed to be a space version of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. So things that happened during the Cold War... Kind of parallel what happens in Star Trek. Idea of Star Trek was just that there needed to be peace in the universe. And in order to get that peace, there just needed to be sensible ways to get to that. The biggest thing was just that there just needed to be peace. What's going on here with modern day writing pushes all that away in order for entertainment to happen. That's where my issues kind of go with this. Again, I can pull from specific episodes of Star Trek. Even just examples of bad writing. Those first two seasons of Next Generation weren't very good. First season of Voyager wasn't very good. Star Trek takes like two, three seasons. To get the started. first season of Enterprise wasn't very good. First season of Deep Space Nine was shaky. Yeah. Second season was good. Basically, once Cisco got the goatee and the ball head, it was on. 
<laughs> he was hitting on all cylinders. Like there was a season of Deep Space Nine. You, you didn't pick you you couldn't cherry pick an episode. You just watched the whole thing yeah. straight through. Like I think that was when Worf came on board. I was like, yeah, that was like you just watched the whole thing three, straight season through. Season three, season four, when Worf came aboard. But I mean, even before that, it was so good episode. It's just that modern writing dictates that there has to be some internal strife and internal chaos. Well, in, that's in not every the, character. Something real quick to your point. There was a time when Riker and Picard were at odds with one another. It was the episode about the Phoenix when yeah. um phase exactly the phase cloaking technology at Starfleet was in the wind. It was top secret. Riker kept it a secret, didn't tell Picard about it. Riker went to Picard and told him about it. And Picard was pissed. He was like, Why the fuck wouldn't you tell me about this? We had a decision and a choice. Riker had beef with Picard. Basically, Picard following the rules or following mandates of the Federation so adherently that he wasn't allowing any kind of flexibility. And basically him being stiff, they would come back. And you know what? As the seasons went on, Picard loosened the fuck up. Riker became a respected Starfleet commander. Never a doubt in anybody's mind that Riker was going to be a captain or an admiral. Himself a galaxy-class starship. He'd be floating around the galaxy doing his thing. This is a matter of when. And the problem is that they think characters are boring if they don't have some kind of MacGuffin social or internal angst inside of them. Yeah. Because they realize their story is so fucking weak without it. A crutch writing mm-hmm. gimmick. It is. That it absolutely is. Regardless of how they want to get to the end of the idea or end of the plot, we have to make all these characters overly complex, blah, blah, blah. And it just really does not need to be like that in the eight to 10 episode arc that's like not we, we not necessary it's too the, much the reason why they are bringing back all of the next generation characters because we are familiar with them and again that second season of picard was a betrayal of picard now we're seeing Riker look like shit we're about to see troy pop up when she pops yeah. up it's going to be more bullshit yeah i'm scared what the fuck they're going to do with jordy hopefully you know hopefully he'll be okay got a bad feeling about it, man. Jordy's going to pop up. He's going to see his daughter. His daughter's going to unload some shit about being his daughter or some shit. And, I can't and again, that. with her character, they started doing that with Seven and Nine, where she just has to start telling her truth. There are these kind of gimmicky, very formulaic, post-2020 writing gimmicks that have to pop up in every freaking show not just on Paramount Plus or whatever it is, formerly CBS All Access, but it shows up in everything that is being done currently. There's no reason for it. It's just that we have to have it. Well, you have to hit all these gimmicky things. Well, somebody has to be this. Somebody has to be the person that talks too much. So you have all these archetypes of characters being built inside of a box that they can't escape it, because the story just needs for them to be pushed in that direction without there being any logical reason for it. Modern writing just says, well, it has to be this. What has been picked out of the whiteboard in order for the story to progress? So here's our chaos, conflict, internal strife. They already had a problem. It should have just been Riker and Picard trying to figure out how the hell to get away from that goddamn ship with and deal with Shaw, deal with the fucked up ship, and deal with the shit with Beth. You got enough fucking conflicts going now, on. Like, you didn't have it. Picard saved humanity twice. Twice! 
He had come to grips with everything that was happening <clears throat> in all good things. Like all the characters did. Yep. So Beverly Crusher's issues with Picard were already addressed in all good things. Where they should not have been, I'm not going to tell you that you have a son. I'm like, first of all, messed up to begin with. Plain and simple. Like, there's no way around it unless Picard is like an abusive idiot. There's no reason for that to happen. The reasoning she was given didn't quite flow with me. I was just like, you got better reason. You didn't and, want your son to end up like Wesley. And again, that could have been a thing. And again, it is a betrayal of the character. Like, regardless of what their relationship is, Romulan girlfriend, she's gone at this point. <laughs> was that the Romulan girlfriend? Yeah, like, they're writing themselves in the corners, and then this season's like, oh, well, everything's fair game. But you wrote yourself into a corner. This season's showrunner is a Trekkie. What I don't appreciate CBS Paramount spend on whatever the story's supposed to be. So it's kind of like the Disney thing. That regardless of what Disney does, Disney has to hit like all these whiteboard points in every movie that they have, every story that they have, because there's no reason for it. It's just that they want it. They need to push their agenda, plain and simple, which is why all the Marvel movies are kind of just mediocre at this point. Because they can't get themselves out of the, the loop, the formulaic nonsense BS that every show is doing in order to do it. I guess the stuff with Yellowstone. <laughs> Part of the problem is just that everybody has to hit all these kind of archetypes now that, like you were saying, all the men need to be like idiots or abusive mm-hmm. or unkind individuals. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Just other than, but nevertheless, let's just wrap this up. Are you looking forward to more Star Trek Picard? Yes, I need to see what happens with the rest of my people. I was almost tuned I, out at that second episode. It's like oh, they're doing it. Jelly with Picard is always that fourth or fifth episode where it goes downhill. Towards the end of the third episode, that was like that whole mess with Picard going. You got to turn and fight. Why? Do you have a better idea? His idea was to spin around and do it. And the situation worked out. He was like, "Fuck, we're screwed. It didn't work." We need to turn around and do this. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's making sense. Sorry, right, turn around and oh no, it's already turned around. It was like that whole thing was just to get them to be at each other's throats or something like yeah. that. And then that basically they had the and, the portal machine from the portal game in order just to have Riker and Picard have some strife and beef. I didn't need to have that. That was bullshit. I didn't even care to change Picard's voice in that flashback. Because he's still. <laughs> I'll finish it up. I need to see where this is going. I have a bad feeling that I know where it's going. I want to see Jordy. I want to see the crew get back together. They, well, they, they, they hook me with not that. Not even really going to be data. It's going to be lore. We'll see what happens with this next episode, and that will determine if I will finish this season. Strange New Worlds? I'm concerned about that second season. That first season was good. Are you concerned about the second season? The fact that one how Picard season two turned out, how this season might turn out, and then you still have Discovery. So you have all that baggage on top of what can be future Trek. And then they're talking about, I guess that might be a Star Trek Academy show 
kind of post whatever happens with season five of Discovery. That girl Tilly, whatever. Thirty second century, like whatever century is supposed to be. It does matter. Oh, they needed to stop with that shit. Nobody right. gives a fuck about the Discovery. Fuck them. But it seems to be what future of Star Trek might be is that you have TNG era. What happens with Star Trek Titan? Whatever the show called, with Jordy's daughter and like seven of nine's the first officer, Riker's the captain, and then you have Strange New Worlds. I'm down with that. Kind of playing off of whatever happened in TOS, and then Thirty Second Century Trek being based off of Discovery. Well, they can just stop with those Thirty Second Century bullshit because. Uh... Fuck Discovery. I don't ever want to hear about it's Michael like the, Burnham the again. Ridge Angel. The Red Angel. No, I don't want to hear about that bullshit again. That first season of Discovery had potential. And yeah. Like it, both of the captains, Saru, were like the best parts about season one. I even like the whole idea that the lead was not even the first officer. She was like a second or third officer. Yeah, I mean, she was basically a lieutenant commander. So third in command, fourth in command. Basically working her way up and could have been the thing, but it then it became this whole, I am the chosen one. Why? I mean, again, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. The hell with it. Star Trek, I am concerned. Like, J.J. Abrams destroys Star Trek. He destroys Star yes, he Wars. Did. He did. His ideas permeated whatever this current iteration of Star Trek is because his idiot friends are technically in charge of Star Trek. Bad Robot is a bane of movie making. And you can kind of see, like, there's not a lot of J.J. Abrams projects out there. I mean, he might be producing stuff, but there's not a lot of J.J. Abrams calling on J.J. Abrams right now. Nobody's really calling upon him to direct stuff. That's what I'm saying. He's full of shit. Fuck J.J. Abrams. I don't 